Good morning. Welcome to Daily Exhortations. Uh, today we're going to be continuing on with Genesis chapter number 30. Um, in Genesis chapter number 30, the rest of the story here has always been one that has been um, perplexing to me. I didn't exactly understand, okay, what's going on in this story? And I'll explain a little bit of that confusion as as we go along. Honestly, I, uh, I had to look it up in a, in a different translation just to be able to get to the point where I kind of had an understanding of what's going on in the text. But because of my lack of understanding on what this text actually was saying, it led me to conclude some wrong thoughts about Jacob and about his character at this point and things like that. And I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and start reading the text and we will move, move on from there. Okay. Uh, Genesis chapter number 30, starting in verse number 14, I believe it is. And Reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them unto his mother Leah. Then Rachel said unto Leah, Give me, I pray thee, of thy son's mandrakes. And she said unto her, It is a small matter that thou hast taken my husband, and wouldst thou take away my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, Therefore, he shall lie with me tonight for thy son's mandrakes. And Jacob came out of the field in the evening, and Leah went out to meet him and said, Thou must come in unto me, for surely I have hired thee with my son's mandrakes. And he lay with her that night, and God hearkened unto Leah, and she conceived and bare Jacob a fifth son. And Leah said, and, and it continues on talking about the sons. It's not actually the story I wanted to focus on here. Um, okay, verse 25. And it came to pass, when Rachel had borne Joseph, that Jacob said unto Laban, Send me away, that I may go unto mine own place, and to my, my country. Give me my wives and my children, for whom I have served, and let me go, for thou knowest my service, which I have done for thee. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. And he said, Appoint me thy wages, and I will give it. And he said unto him, Thou knowest how I have served thee, and how thy cattle was with me. For it was little which thou hast before I came, and it is now increased unto a multitude. And the Lord hath blessed thee since my coming. And now when shall I provide for mine own house also? And he said, What shall I give thee? And Jacob said, Thou shalt not give me anything. If thou wilt do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep thy flock. I will pass through all thy flock today, removing from thence all the speckled and spotted cattle, and all the brown cattle among the sheep, and the spotted and the speckled among the goats, and of such shall be my hire. So shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come, when it shall come for my hire before thy face, every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats, and brown among the sheep, that shall be counted stolen with me. And Laban said, Behold, it would be, I would it might be according to thy word, and he removed that day the he-goats that were rain-straked and spotted, and all the she-goats that were speckled and spotted, and every one that had some white in it, and all the brown among the sheep, and gave them into the hand of his sons. And he set three days' journey betwixt himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flock. And Jacob took him rods of green poplar, and of hazel and chestnut trees, and, and pilled white strakes in them, and made the white appear which was in the rods. And he set the rods which he had pilled before the flock in the gutters and the watering troughs when the flocks came to drink. 
that they should conceive when they came to drink. And the flocks conceived before the rods and brought forth cattle ring-straked and speckled and spotted. And Jacob did separate the lambs and set the faces of the flocks toward the ring-straked and all the brown in the flock of Laban. And he put his own flocks by themselves and put them not unto Laban's cattle. And it came to pass, whensoever the stronger cattle did conceive, that Jacob laid the rods before the eyes of the cattle and the gutters, that they might conceive among the rods. And when the cattle were feeble, he put them not in. So the feebler were Laban's, and the stronger Jacob's. And the man increased exceedingly, and had much cattle, and maid servants, and men servants, and camels, and asses. Okay, so here we have the story of God prospering Jacob and giving him all these these cattle and these these uh, livestock, basically. So let me let me explain to you exactly what my misunderstanding of the text was growing up, and it could just be me. Um, but I struggled with what was going on with pilled white strakes and uh, what was happening to the cattle here. So in my mind, I had envisioned somehow, in some way, Jacob is um, impregnating the, um, the cattle with some, I don't, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't have a very good understanding of how all this happens back then either. So I read this as a teenager and, and came up with my understanding, but it never really was shaken in my mind. I, I never was something I thought about in depth afterwards, but I felt like Jacob was cheating because Jacob was making the cattle um, conceive a certain type of um, certain type of offspring that he would get basically through his own means. That's, that's the key here through his own means. So he was playing a game and he was making this to happen. And as I read this, I realized that these pilled white strakes, all they were were sticks with marks carved into them, uh, white, white marks carved into them. And he would put them around the cattle when they had conceived and he was basically claim, claiming the ones that he wanted the good, from the good, healthy mothers. And uh, then they would have offspring that, that had the, the ring strikes or the marks, the, the, the stripes and speckles and different things like that on them. Now, understanding it as these are just sticks totally changed my view of what Jacob's doing here. Because if you, under, if you think of it as Jacob's doing something... Um, artificial on his own that's making them get pregnant in some way okay that's going to that makes Jacob into a bad guy because he's cheating right um, but in this case the sticks had nothing to do with actually producing the offspring the sticks were rather more like uh, Jacob claiming the ones that he wants that God's going to give to him he's laying claim to them that's it the power behind what whatever happened in this text was not Jacob. It was all in God's hand. And that changes my perspective of who Jacob was at this time. It, it, I, I think I carried over ideas of <clears throat> Jacob being a supplanter and things, things like that um, into the story. But Jacob's had his experience with God. Jacob is starting to change, I believe. And in this case, God's the one who is causing this to happen, not Jacob. Jacob's just laying claim to what, to what God's going to give him anyways. And a key, key phrase in this was found in verse 33. Uh, let me see here. 
Uh, verse 33 at the beginning says, So shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come. So Jacob is staking his, his claim of his character <clears throat> on what is going to happen in this story. He is basically saying, the Lord will, will verify my righteousness. He will vindicate me through all of this. I will not cheat you. I will take care of you. I will do the right thing by you. Now, obviously, it doesn't work out for Laban, right? Laban ends up with fewer cattle and fewer opportunities. But I had to come to the conclusion that Jacob was not cheating when he did this. And so that, that just changes my perspective. And there are, there are passages throughout the Bible that are not always easy to be understood. As uh, theologians, we, be we believe that um, the Bible, we believe in what is called the clarity of the Bible. And uh, actually, Jeff and I have been talking about this. But the clarity of the Bible deals with the overall message of the Bible. The Bible is written in a way that um, overall it is easy to be understood. Um, and I, I know some people will put an extreme emphasis on that and go too far and say it's all easy to be understood. And uh, the King James Bible is easy to be understood in every area of every passage. That is naivety, <laughs> is what that is, okay? It's a person who obviously hasn't read their Bible enough or studied it enough to know that they... They don't understand everything the first time they read through it. There are things in the Bible that are hard to be understood. In fact, Peter describes Paul's letters and says that it, there are contained in them things that are hard to be understood. You want an example? Let me ask you this. What does it mean that uh, when it talks about baptism for the dead? Okay, that's, I mean, we, there are theological answers for what that means. But when you're first reading through that, Without having studied anything else or had somebody tell you what that means, how are you going to come to a conclusion on what that passage means? It isn't an easy thing to understand. Uh, First Peter, when it when it starts talking about uh, even now doth baptism save us, uh, that passage has tripped up a lot of people. There are whole denominations that have struggled with that with that verse and come up with this idea that you have to be baptized to be saved, and. The only way the only way you're going to understand that verse properly is to go back and to study it some more, and so God's word does take some study. It does take some effort on our part to understand. Sometimes it takes another perspective, reading a commentary, or a paraphrase, or something like that, dealing dealing with the passage to kind of get an idea on what is what is being said. And we shouldn't be naive to think that all of it is perfectly easy. Even a child can understand every aspect of, of Scripture. That doesn't reduce the clarity of Scripture because the overall message, the overall teaching of Scripture, the doctrine, is clear. The unclear things are not essential to our faith and practice. They are not essential to our understanding of, every, of the rest of the Bible even. Because the Bible is like even the issue of baptism, baptism for salvation. That passage may be unclear, but the rest of the Bible is very clear that baptism is not required for salvation <laughs> um, because, because it would be adding works to salvation. And so you interpret the unclear in light of the clear. And so anyways, this, this passage is just, a, just an example of how sometimes we need to look to the Lord we need to ask him to help us to understand, and we need to study some more before we just run off half-cocked thinking we know what something means. Have a great day. God bless.